This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. You can listen on demand anytime on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, or Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. I love to hear from listeners. You can email me at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments, and we might use the call on the broadcast. You know, I've done a couple of shows before on mass hysteria and the instances in history uh, where people have, as a population, sort of lost their mind, and there was no better example of this phenomena than uh, what happened yesterday on CNN. They dedicated a full seven hours of their airtime to this climate change hoax and uh, interviewed each of the 10 uh, Democrat presidential candidates on uh, exactly how extreme they were willing to get to address this issue uh, that actually really doesn't exist. And, uh, and you could tell, you can, you can tell when, uh, somebody is trying to pull one over on you because they will no, they will broach no dissent. And yesterday's broadcast on CNN was a classic example of this. They started from the assumption uh, that climate change was in fact real, um, and they they took it from there. Every question that was from the audience uh, was from some sort of climate change organizer. There were no scientists there. There were no dissenting opinions uh, reflected in the audience. Uh, It was uh, just one big climate change hoax um, extravaganza. So this is CNN. Uh, Supposedly, they try to hold themselves out as a news organization. That's what Jim Acosta was constantly running around spouting. Uh, You're... maligning my news organization. And yet this uh, this so-called news organization made no attempt whatsoever to hear from the other side of this, and there is a growing body of um, people that are, are calling BS on this whole climate change um, consensus, they like to call it. CNN is, uh, is now calling it a climate crisis. It's a crisis. All of their questions and their uh, their scripts that the uh, you know that they were reading off of and the graphics on the TV screen was all climate crisis. 
And I cannot imagine uh, what their ratings over this look like. I, I dipped in and out of it throughout the evening. Listen, I love this audience. I'm willing to go through a lot to collect the news and try to report it and uh, comment on it for you. But I could not possibly sit through seven hours of that. As I say, I dipped in and out of it as the evening went on. Oh, man, it just blows your mind um, what these uh, Marxists in the Democrat Party, and I'm convinced now that uh, Marxism has, has the ideology of Marxism has over- overtaken that party entirely because each and every one of the prescriptions that every candidate offered was always based on government control of the markets, uh, you know, to, to some degree or another. And they, it, it went along a spectrum. And oddly enough, uh, you know, at, at, at the most moderate, if you want to call it that, end of the spectrum was uh, Andrew Yang. Because, you know, he is a scientist by trade. He may be a mathematician by trade, but I think he knows in his bones that a lot of this is just hooey. And uh, some, right, right along the end, the middle of that spectrum, you had actually Joe Biden, who's holding himself out as a moderate. And then at the far at radical end of the spectrum was um, Warren and Sanders and uh, and Kamala Harris and and what they've got in mind for us is just completely and totally remaking Western civilization as an economy as a, as an organizing principle. So I've got a lot of clips I'm going to play for you here. They're going to I th- I think you need to listen to them to be to be truthful. It's it's uh, it's such a descent into lunacy. It's difficult to listen to, but um, you know, it, it's important that you familiarize yourselves with these arguments uh, so that you can refute them when when you uh, when you're presented with them by these people to the left. So uh, here is Elizabeth Warren talking about um, this Green New Deal, and she sort of uh, tips her hand. And letting you know that it's really not about the climate. So, you know, I think this is one of the best parts about the Green New Deal. It's not only about setting the targets on green so that we save this planet. It's about a new deal for people who work. It's about justice for people whose communities have been destroyed. It's about racial justice on environmental issues. It's about worker justice. So it's not actually about, uh, you know, the Green New Deal. And if if you remember, uh, this sort of uh, confirms what AOC's chief of staff, who was the guy that was responsible for actually getting her elected, um, and he, he has now had to uh, step away from uh, her because uh, they've been implicated in, in uh, embezzling about a million dollars from her campaign. But uh as he was on his way out, he was interviewed, and somebody asked him, well, you know, about the Green New Deal, and he said, I was sort of surprised everybody real, uh, looked at it as a climate change issue. He said the Green New Deal really didn't start out as a climate change issue. It started out as a, uh, an, a way to reorder our economy. And when he says that, he's talking about Marxism. And Warren, Elizabeth Warren right there, confirms that for you. This is not about the climate, first and foremost. She says it's about racial justice and and uh, economic uh, equality and all of these other 
uh, talking points that the the Marxists like to spout. And then she went on uh, later in that in her segment, and she uh, she exposed uh, how exactly they're going to go about this. Most economists believe that a carbon tax is the most efficient way to reduce carbon emissions. Would you push for such a tax? And if not, please explain why you don't favor that approach. So I think of this as what my mother taught me. And that is, you've got to clean up your own messes. And that means if you're going to be spewing carbon into the air and messing up the air for the rest of us, it's your responsibility to clean it up. And we've been talking about this for a long time. We've actually started putting parts of this in place in New England uh, and other regional areas. But yes, we need to say that those who are throwing the carbon into the air that the rest of us have to breathe, that the rest of us have to deal with, are the ones who are responsible for paying for that. Ruth Buzzy says that the ones throwing the carbon in the air have to pay for this. These people are economically illiterate. The power companies that uh, heat our homes, cool our homes, provide light, and all of the other uh, modern conveniences, um, many of them are are, uh, member-owned, but even the corporations that provide this, um, they don't – they're they're not going to pay the tax. They're going to pass the tax on to the consumer. The reason they're throwing carbon in the air is to create energy that we all use and we have to pay for it. So she's doing a quick little sleight of hand there. She said, oh, you're not going to pay for it. The companies that are generating the power are going to pay for it. No. You academic, uh, economic illiterate, that's not how economies work. The people that uh, that generate the power are going to charge what it costs plus a, a very small margin in the energy sector. They're going to pass that on to the consumer. So, you know, it, it's the it's the old, um, you know, try to pit one class against an, another co- combined with an absolute illiteracy of how a free market works or or a. a a, a very deceptive description of how a free market works. But that's okay. That's okay because we got to understand, according to Pete Buttigieg, that this is a life or death situation. And uh, this is going to require something akin to um, what we experienced in World War II. I think in order for that to happen, we have to actually unify the country around this project. And that means bringing people to the table who haven't felt that they've been part of the process. I mean, this is the hardest thing we will have done, certainly in my lifetime as a country. This is on par with winning World War II, perhaps even more challenging than that. Does anybody really think we're going to meet that goal if between now and 2050, we are still at each other's throats? It's not gonna happen. We've got to figure out a way to rally, and that means everybody from cities, to farms, to the federal government, to the international community. Well, I guess this is the reason that there is no longer any dissent broached on these left-wing news outlets is because uh, they they say, well, it's going to require all of us, and we all have to agree. And, oh, by the way, we got to get in those those uh, schools, those elementary schools, and convince these youngsters that this is real. And we can't have a debate. We can't uh, uh, entertain any dissent whatsoever. Everybody has to get on board. 
You have to elect Democrats. You have to agree to tax increases. You have to alter your lifestyle entirely. And it's all based on a fantasy. There's no way that the modern world can go on with um, wind power and solar power. Now, you could make an argument that uh, with the new nuclear technologies, we could transition to that because they they generate very little, uh, just a, a, a fraction of the waste that the old nuclear power uh, used to. But they, they, they're not going to have that either. I think Andrew Yang was the only one that uh, that conceded that, yes, that would have to be part of the solution. Um, because their knee-jerk um, reaction against anything with the word nuclear in it. But all of this is, is just pure hokum. And um, we're, we're going to talk uh, the rest uh, about the rest of uh, the, the broadcast last night when we get back right after these messages. Stick with us. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. So according to Pete Buttigieg, this is going to be uh, equivalent to our World War II. What, how many millions of people died during World War II? Um, I think it was something in about 85 million people lost their lives in World War II. It was a disaster for Western civilization, that and, and uh, World War One and World War Two, And to that degree, if we did go through with this Green New Deal, I guess there would be similarities because this would be a disaster as well. But what Buttigieg is doing there is he is, um, he is mimicking uh, the lines that uh, AOC tried out back when she still had this, uh, this uh, chief of staff that was putting these words in her mouth. Um, when she was at some sort of symposium, uh, here's what she said. This has been about, I guess, six months ago. I think that the part of it that is generational is that millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is... Your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? And, like, this is the war. This is our World War II. 
And your biggest issue is like how you're going to pay for it. It's only going to cost $16 trillion. This is like our World War II. Oh, my God. And it's just a, such an indictment of our society that uh, these people are even allowed to, to you know, uh, spout this stuff and not be challenged. But it's really scary because they represent a, 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 about half of the population at this point. The Marxists have been so successful in overtaking uh, American institutions, especially the universities and media that they're actually convincing people of this. Beto O'Rourke, he, uh, he said something very similar. He said this, this requires the kind of response uh, that we did on the threat of Nazi Germany. Of course, all of these people, by the way, they, they, know, they know in their hearts they're lying because they're all taking airplanes to come to these events. They're flying around on private jets. Buttigieg's uh, private jet bill so far in his campaign has been $300,000. He has spent $300,000 on jet travel. And then he, he says, well, this is like World War II. We've got to do something about it. <laughs> you know, it's a f- sort of a funny thing. Um, dur- during this town hall, when they went to commercial break, uh, the commercials were from uh, airline companies and um, <laughs> and from Golden Corral, who had these um, <laughs> these big buffets full of meat products, and meat was a major target of the uh, the candidates last night. We got to stop eating so many hamburgers. <laughs> you guys got to you got to start buying this uh, this fake meat, and we got to we got to reorder our whole diet. As a matter of fact, I think it was. It was Kamala Harris said she's got to redo the food pyramid. So she's going to actually change what what people are required to eat, be healthy in order to accommodate the climate, I guess. Joe Biden is all over the news this morning because he had a, uh, a, a rupture of a blood vessel in his eye and his eyeball filled up with blood. This, you know, I hate to I hate to keep beating up on poor old Joe because uh, I think he's not a bad guy. He's just sort of a doofus, and now he's a doofus with early onset. Well, it's not even early onset. Now he's a doofus with um, creeping senility. Let's put it that way. But last night he had a, a blood vessel in his eye bust, and this is not good for old Joe because it reminds everybody that uh, it wasn't that long ago that. Uh, he was, in his, his own words, having the top of his head taken off so that brain, uh, that, uh, brain surgeons could uh, uh, repair aneurysms in his brain. And uh, this, you know, this eye um, issue may be related either through uh, high cranial pressures or weak uh, cranial vascularity would explain a lot about, uh, you know, why for now and for the last 30 years, he's been running around spouting um, idiocies and incoherent statements similar to this. Look what's happened in the Midwest. We have a number of significant 
bases that relate to, uh, military bases that relate to our national security that in fact were rendered almost useless including I, I can't go into the great detail to, to say it but my, my, my point is it, it significantly reduced our national security it significantly reduced our national security because what happened in the Midwest he was very unclear on that he was just sort of bumbling around there were times during his segment of the seven hours last night where he he just stopped making any sense at all just spouting words and he caught himself at one point not making any sense and he just uh <laughs> said to the uh the questioner well I, i've run out of time well he hadn't run out of time he had a full segment to go he just didn't know what else to say he was pressed you know for actually trying to deliver a coherent argument when he realized that he he wasn't able to actually formulate one. He just responded that he is out of time. <laughs> it went on and on. I could, I could play you some of the craziest clips from last night, but I don't I, I, I don't want to spend more than one segment of the show on this topic, and I certainly want to give a little bit of the counterpoint since CNN didn't um, find it necessary. And I want to start by playing a, a fellow named John Coleman. Now, he was the founder of the Weather Channel. He's actually a meteorologist, and he has uh, been observing this stuff. He's a scientist by trade. And Brian Steltler over there made the mistake of bringing him on his show. I resent you calling me a denier. That is a, a word meant to put me down. I'm a skeptic about climate change, and I want to make it darn clear, Mr. Kenny's not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot I'm of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney. And yes, it is. it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform. And I regret it's become political instead of scientific. But the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, well, I know though, is when not, you see... you wouldn't the... allow it to happen on CNN. But I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I do, is no global warming. What I do wonder is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree... Do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is yes. how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, this, the uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party of position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support their position. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. It's real simple, but that doesn't mean it's right. 
that doesn't make it true. That only makes it bought and paid for. The money goes in circles. And uh, and they've done this on several issues. You know, just uh, government funded the uh, the research that they wanted to uh, to, to the, the outcome that they wanted to achieve um corporations big corporations are notorious to do uh doing this you know the the consensus for the longest time was that tobacco did not cause cancer and the reason they came to that consensus is because the tobacco companies funded research to conclude that tobacco did not cause cancer you can just like a pollster or um a bond rating agency get these so-called professionals to say anything that you want them to say if you pay them enough to say it. And uh, I'll reiterate, if you missed the show earlier in the week, a, uh, a court in the United Kingdom heard a defamation case brought by Michael Mann, who is the number one A big daddy climate alarmist in this country. And the court determined that there was no scientific proof that uh, global temperatures had risen at all. It's all a hoax, ladies and gentlemen, but it's a big hoax, and it's being driven by a lot of really powerful interests. We've got to run out to a break. I want you to stick with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, uh, the resolution in San Francisco labeling the National Rifle Association a terrorist organization. Stick with us. We'll be right back after two messages. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatals.com to learn more. And you're back on the Mojo 50 Radio Network on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics and culture. From an American nationalist perspective. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe that climate change is an existential threat, but not in the way that the Democrats are describing it. The reason climate change is an existential threat is because this uh, Marxist ideology has uh, been allowed to take root. And uh, and science be damned, they are using it to try to take over the American economy, do away with free enterprise, and uh, and basically reorder the entire modern civilization. 
based on a fraud. And you know it's a fraud because you're not allowed to question it any longer. If you do, they will just tell you that the, this issue is settled. It's no longer op- open for debate. And as I keep saying, the lie was put to that last week in uh, the courtroom in England where they determined that Michael Mann had no scientific data to prove that temperatures have been increasing. And yet uh, CNN's don't, uh, um, devoting seven hours of its li- uh, primetime lineup to this hoax. So, you know, I've been beating this, uh, this horse. I'm not sure the horse is dead yet because I've been... It's a pretty strong horse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if you're getting tired of it, shoot me an email, and, and I'll try not to uh, talk about it so much. But, you know, the, just the crazy things that they were saying last night on this uh, so-called climate town hall were just breathtaking. They include they're going to, you know, put into this carbon tax, which they assure us that we will not have to pay, that uh, the corporation will just uh, – Magically create this uh, this money and they'll pay it themselves and, and we will be un, unfazed. They want to ban fracking. Fracking has been the uh, number one um, counter uh, the, the the fracking has resulted in more carbon emissions reduction reduction in carbon emissions than probably anything in the history of fossil fuel exploration because. They've been generating huge amounts of natural gas. Natural gas has uh, largely replaced coal-fired uh, power plants in this country, uh, and they burn much cleaner and with a much less CO2. So even if you were buying this, this notion that you know man, man can change the climate with the tiny fraction of CO2 that we emit as opposed to plant life and the oceans and volcanoes and all the other natural forces – then fracking would be a net positive. Wouldn't be something you'd want to eliminate. And yet you've got Julio and Castro up there saying we got to eliminate fracking because you know it's it's driving the expansion of the fossil fuel industry. They want to eliminate all oil and gas exploration on public lands. You, you know the Obama administration went a long way toward doing that, and Hillary Clinton promised uh, that if she were elected, you know she was going to do away with the pipelines and she was going to end fossil fuel exploration on public lands it's one of the reasons she was defeated they want to ban nuclear energy despite the fact that you know recent innovations in nuclear energy uh have made it uh, a safe alternative to fossil fuels (laughs) it's hilarious last night they wanted to ban plastic straws now listen i am a conservationist I believe in uh, protecting the natural environment. I want clean water. I want a clean air. I want uh, I want the the trash on the streets in places like uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles to be cleaned up. But banning plastic straws uh, is is just a very small element of it. I, I'm not sure why they've gone after the straws as opposed to the water bottles. But yeah, we we need to do a better job of not uh, generating so much trash independent of this whole green new deal. Uh, as I say, I'm kind of sorry that uh, I, I continue to devote so much time to this, but uh, just, just stick with me just a little while longer. And then we'll move on to this uh, issue with the San Francisco board of supervisors declaring the national rifle association of all people, probably the most pro law enforcement, pro uh, 
uh, law-abiding citizens organization in the country, five million strong. These lunatics out there in San Francisco are declaring them a domestic terror organization. So I've got a, a kind of a long clip I'm going to play for you here. This is Mark Morano. He's author of a book, uh, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. I'm going to try to have him on the show um, after after a, a suitable interlude where we can talk about other things. But here he is talking about not only the false science that all this is based on, but also the grave threat it poses to our economy and our way of life. Medieval warm period was from 900 to about 1300 AD. Then you had the Roman warming period around 0 AD. Peer-reviewed studies, geologic records, and all the, all the, all the uh, studies have shown that we have actually um, cooled since the Roman warming period and likely since the medieval warming period to current. In other words, we were up here warm in the Roman warming period, then we cooled a little bit, then we warmed in the medieval warm period, then we went to a little ice age, and now we're back up. Not quite where we were in the medieval warm period. The first United Nations climate report, 1990, showed a massive medieval warm period, and then it goes down, and we still weren't at that same temperature. That was untenable. So what happened? We actually had the scientists testify in the United States Senate. He got a call from a colleague who said, we have to get rid of the medieval warm period. These were UN-affiliated academic scientists. Guess what? By year 2000, they got rid of the medieval warm period. They erased it. They went back and they said, you know, we've looked at everything and it no longer existed. They showed a flat line and then the 20th century, a big hockey stick. That's what they did. And then I have a whole chapter devoted into my book on the con that was erasing the past. That hockey stick that he referred to yesterday is what collapsed in that uh, England courtroom. Um, it was a theory that was uh, uh, promulgated by Michael Mann, the number one climate alarmist in American academia, they found no proof that it was uh, that it was accurate, and they rejected it uh, out of hand. But they've done it before. Skeptics, climate skeptics, made hay out of the eight, almost twenty-year pause in global warming. What does the federal government do? NOAA scientists tired of this. They're sick of it. They have satellite data, land, the temperature's not going up. They're frustrated. They're angry. It's ruining. Right before the UN Paris Agreement in November 2015, NOAA, federal agency, scientists comes out. They call it the pause buster study. They said, you know what? We've redone the numbers. We've looked at the past. We did it wrong. And here's the new data. There was no global warming pause. My favorite quote to sum this up, the whole climate debate, is there are literally hundreds of factors that influence the climate. Carbon dioxide is not the control knob. The idea that humans can tweak one variable among hundreds of factors from tilt of the Earth's axis to water vapor to methane to clouds to volcanoes. Sunspots. ocean cycles, etc. One selected factor, the human contribution to CO2, which is microscopic of, of the whole CO2, natural CO2, and think we can come out and control the climate with that, the scientists called it scientific nonsense. And that's the bottom line. If we face a climate catastrophe, you would not want to centrally plan. You would not want to empower the United Nations. You would not want to stifle technology. You would not want government picking winners and losers in energy technologies. You would want to unleash the free market system. The day someone could walk into Walmart and buy, you know, alternative energy, if you can go in and buy a wind, uh, not a windmill, but a solar panel, put it on your roof, get off the grid, that's the day you don't have to worry about any fossil fuel debate or anything going on. But you'd want, you'd want people to be wealthier, more prosperous, technological advancements, and none of that 
is what they're proposing. The, the Green New Deal is all about masterminding everything in central planning. And that's what's frightening, is that if we actually faced it, their solutions would be the exact wrong way to go. Thank God we don't face it. But if we did, not only would they have no impact on the climate, but it would take us down a completely dark, anti-human road of crushing development, seniors, poor people, fixed income, paying much more percentage of their income for energy to do absolutely nothing for the climate. Absolutely nothing. He mentioned back there that uh, you, you can't buy a windmill. Well, you, you, actually, you can buy a windmill, and uh, you know where it makes sense. People do buy windmills, but you know how you can tell that all of this is a hoax. One, I pointed out that uh, you know these politicians that have been pounding the drum on climate change are actually buying mansions on the water, just a few feet above sea level. But even more than that. Uh, if you look at the skyline of Miami, Florida, now Miami, Florida is just a few feet above sea level, and yet uh, banks are financing the construction of huge uh, high-rises on Miami Beach. Their uh, insurance companies are insuring these properties. If the, the real science supported that those buildings would not even last um outlast the mortgage these companies uh, would not be financing or insuring them they are required to do their due diligence to protect their shareholders and and uh, the best indication of the real science with regard to all of this is the fact that they're still developing these properties it's just an absolute joke it's a myth it's a hoax and it's designed to put the Marxists in, char- in charge of Western economies. You know, San Francisco has banned the words offender or felon and addict. Now you're a, uh, instead of a convicted felon, you're a justice-involved person. So if you're a felon, you're now just a justice-involved person. And oh, by the way, the victim that, uh, that you, uh, of your crime is also a justice-involved person, so they've erased the differentiation between uh, the victim and the criminal. When you ban words, you can't define right or wrong, good or evil, and once you ban words, you can ban the ideas, and that's exactly what the left is doing. Patriot Mobile was created to give conservatives like you a voice, both literally and in preserving this great nation. While big mobile companies subsidize leftist causes that erode our values, our rights, and our country. Patriot Mobile is the only cell phone company donating to the causes you believe in. With plans as low as $25, get nationwide service with U.S.-based customer service. That is huge. How many times on your big uh, mobile account have you called customer service and received a call center in Mumbai where the uh, the customer support agent barely spoke english and really didn't have the technology needed to help you you won't suffer that with patriot mobile that's why we've made the switch here at mojo 50 and so have thousands of other patriots just like you right now get a mojo <laughs> pardon me right now get a moto z3 play for only five dollars a month that is a fantastic phone with a six inch screen expandable storage and a high um, resolution camera. Switching is easy. Go to mobile. Uh, go to PatriotMobile.com/slash Mojo50. Select your plan and save one hundred and eighty dollars 
on a brand new Moto Z3 Play. Do it today. Go to Patriot Mobile mo- slash Mojo Five O. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Mojo Five O. Well, on yesterday's show, we uh, we pointed out that the San Francisco Board of Supervisors had just really outrageously defamed and slandered the National Rifle Association and its members by declaring them um, uh, domestic terrorists. And this resolution that was passed by the Board of Supervisors starts out, says, uh, whereas reported hate crimes have increased by double since 2015. That's a bogus uh, statistic as well. And whereas there's over uh, 393,000 guns in the United States, oh, 393 million guns in the United States, which exceeds the country's total population, and whereas our elected representatives, including the president, have taken an oath swearing to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, well, duh, they act like they've never heard of the Second Amendment. And whereas the United States Constitution specifically delineates that the country was founded to establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, and promote the general welfare, now, that is the whole of that clause. You notice that they live, leave out, provide for the common defense. That's what the Constitution says, establish justice. Actually, it's provide for the common defense, the very first part of that clause, establish justice, ensure domestic trans- tranquility, and promote, not provide for, but promote the general welfare. So they leave out, provide for the common defense, because that is what the Second Amendment of the Constitution is based on. A well-regulated militia being necessary to um, the the defense of a free people. The people's right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That uh, that resolution goes on. But uh, National Rifle Association president, actually CEO, Wayne LaPierre, has responded with an exclusive in Breitbart to the uh, California lunatics out there in San Francisco. And uh, and he released a video, the audio of which I am about to play for you right now. San Francisco's Board of Supervisors today taking the drastic step of officially declaring the nation's premier gun ownership advocates a terrorist organization. I will do everything that I possibly can to call them out on what they are, which is a domestic terrorist organization. I shake my head and I go, what the heck is going wrong in our country? Let's give them a real clear view of who we all are. How many police officers do we have here today? Please stand up. Anyone who works in health care, in any ways, anyone who works in education, if you work in manufacturing, construction, if you work in a trade, maybe a plumber, and how about stay-at-home moms? If you own your own business, firefighters out there, if you're in the military or a vet, do you obey the law? Stand up and be recognized as Americans. to look around this room right now and see us for the American people that we truly are. We are law-abiding Americans who believe liberty is a blessing. We love our country. I promise you, we're never going to stop fighting for your right and folks just like you all over America to have the right to defend themselves. So we're not going to give up or apologize that in a dangerous world, the Second Amendment is often all we have. Every one of these Americans are what we're about. 
So uh, one of the very last clauses in this resolution that they passed said that the city and county of San Francisco should encourage all other jurisdictions, including other cities, states, and federal government, to adopt a similar position labeling the NRA a domestic terror organization. Now, you notice that they're very reluctant to label actual terrorists as terrorists, but now they're smearing law-abiding, God-fearing, constitutionally respecting uh, solid citizens as domestic terrorists. And this just shows you what lunatics they have become out there. This is a stunt. And at the same time, you've got problems in San Francisco where they can't even call a criminal a criminal any longer. They've got rampant homelessness they're not addressing. They've got drug abuse on the streets where you can't even walk the streets for fear of stepping on a, 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 a drug needle. They've got skyrocketing crime. And they want to besmirch the NRA and its members, 5 million strong. It is nothing less than an assault on law-abiding people. So... They made fools of themselves. I think that's uh, they could not have done anything that would have um, illustrated more clearly uh, how far off the deep end they've gone. But uh, it has to be responded to nonetheless. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries. So there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars. And it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. Well, if you really want to understand the causes behind the rise of nationalism and populism worldwide, including right here in the United States, you need look no further than the British Parliament, who are now uh, actively in revolt against the British people themselves. You know, all of this Brexit movement started because uh, it was in response to Nigel Farage and his uh, UKIP party, uh, United Kingdom Independence Party that was um, agitating for the, uh, for the United Kingdom to leave uh, the European Union and retake control of their own sovereignty. And so the establishment over there uh, decided that they were going to call a referendum and prove once and for all that the British people were all in on globalism and wanted to be part of this European Union. And in one of the greatest upsets, 
since the election of Donald Trump, they lost. And the people who wanted to retake British sovereignty and uh, take control of their immigration and trade policies and all the other things that make a sovereign nation, they overcame those long odds and they won by a, a st- substantial margin. And that's been three years ago now. And the, uh, the parliament that's controlled by the establishment, the moneyed interests, have steadfastly thwarted the will of the British people ever since. And so Theresa May, after uh, dragging her feet and uh, not being able to come to a deal with the European Union that would allow them to exit, I don't know why they need the European Union's consent, but uh, she had to resign, and uh, the British people elected Boris Johnson, who promised to take uh, the United Kingdom out of the European Union no later than October 31st. Well, now the British Parliament has uh, made every effort to try to tie his hands and uh, keep him from leaving without the permission of the European Union. And this uh, illustrates as much as anything else that the parliamentary form of government that does not have a constitution in Great Britain is dysfunctional. Um, it, it may have served uh, the interests when there was a consensus among the people, um, the, governor, uh, the governed and the, uh, the parliament, but now that consensus is broken down and the uh, the governing class is now actually in open opposition to the interests of the British and the wishes of the British people. So they've um, they've tied his hands. They said that he cannot leave without a, uh, a deal or permission from the European Union. So he said that he was going to call elections, which is what they do in a parliamentary system when the uh, uh, the ruling party can't get through its agenda. They call an election so that they can find out where the will of the people is. And now Parliament has forbid him from calling a snap election. And I'll tell you why they've done that. Is because Nigel Farage and the new Brexit party that's dedicated solely to this topic would win those elections. They would they would win a major portion of the vote, if not an outright majority, and then they would be able to come into the government as either the the senior or the junior partner and they would uh, they would push through this brexit so as i say we've got uh, the parliament the british parliament in actual open opposition to the people's will and it's uh it's really disgusting to watch but it will result in an increase in the support for brexit which has in fact been uh, going up ever since the uh the referendum was initially passed they said that if the ref- referendum passed, that it was going to result in uh, the your, the uh, uh, British economy being decimated, that it was just going to collapse, and the pound sterling was going to collapse, and all of these other uh, dire predictions, none of which came true. Just like when Donald Trump was elected, uh, we were being told by supposedly eminent ec- uh, econom- uh, economists that... Uh, the, the stock market was going to collapse and the economy, we would go into a Great Depression when, in fact, just the opposite happened. So at some point, um, 
they are going to have to realize that they cannot govern under this parliamentary system in Britain because uh, it has been captured by interests that are in opposition to the British people, and uh, and they're going to have to uh, make some big changes. Hopefully, it'll involve bringing Nigel Farage into the government. Where is this story I wanted to share with you? Um, stand by. Oh, here we go. Here we go. A Swedish researcher is pushing eating human flesh as an answer to future climate change food shortages. You know, I pointed out, I guess it's been two weeks ago now, that Newsweek magazine, which has collapsed and published recently its last paper edition, carried an article um, questioning what was really behind this whole taboo against cannibalism. (laughs) It was actually about a 3,000-word article. And this was, you know, in keeping with the questioning all the, the other uh, premises and foundations of Western civilization. They said, uh, you know, they had an article, uh, heterosexuality is, um, is, is, has failed. Well, if you don't have heterosexuality anymore, you don't have a society. But anyway, on this, uh, this Swedish researcher, he, uh, he gave a, uh, a presentation at the Gastro Summit in Stockholm, it was held on September 3rd and 4th, with a PowerPoint titled, Awaken to the Idea of Eating Human Flesh in the Future as a Way of Combating the Effects of Climate Change. Actually, the title was, Can You Imagine Eating Human Flesh? He refers to ta- uh, taboos against cannibalism as conservative and discusses people's resistance to it as a problem that can be overcome little by little, beginning with persuading people just to taste it. You might recall back um, an episode on CNN with this, uh, what was his name, Manim Raju, or Rajam Mod, I can't remember his name. But he, he actually went out on the air on CNN eating human brains with some cannibals over in New Guinea or somewhere. He suggests starting with uh, getting people to eat pets and insects. But really, his, uh, his end goal is to get he, uh, people to eat human flesh. His bio describes him as a consumer behavior, marketing stimuli, loyalty emotions, and expert in psychological reactions. He says you can trick people into making the right decisions like eating human flesh is cannibalism the solution to food sustainability in the future this guy says yes his name is Sunderland well I think I'll keep eating the cows I don't care how much they fart I'm not going to be eating um, my, my friends and neighbors anytime soon Unless maybe we get uh, shipwrecked. <laughs> that takes us to the end of this show. Join us back here again tomorrow on Mojo Five O for another edition of Right Now. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. 
Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.